coming up on This Week in Games. The rumor mill is on fire with Sony rumored to acquire Take-Two Interactive. Google nabs a big-time gaming exec, and Call of Duty may be the most expensive esports league ever. Coming up This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and, well, it's the week before GDC. No, well, it's I'm actually recording this on the first night of GDC. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Oh, super busy Sunday. But I'm here. Let's get through this. There's a lot to go over. It was a very speculative kind of week with rumors and predictions. And the first one, the biggest one, the most important one, Sony is rumored to buy Take-Two Interactive. Rumor millard. So this is sadly a rumor without a source, which is the best kind of rumor. I normally don't cover outright sourceless rumors, but this one kind of set the intrawebs on fire. And so it'd be foolish to ignore it. All right, MarketWatch appears to be the source of the rumor, and quote, Take-Two Interactive software stock climbed 4.7% on rumors that Sony Corp is in advanced board-level discussions to acquire Take-Two Interactive in a mostly cash deal that would value the company at $130 per share, according to Joel Coluna, head of technology and media trading at Webbush Securities. Interesting, $130 per share. That's crazy because Take-Two's stock right now is currently around $93 per share. That would be quite the premium they're paying and all cash. Wouldn't it just be easier to do some kind of hostile takeover, pay off a few board members? I don't know. That's crazy. And that's pretty much the extent of these rumors. It's sad. I know. I was really excited when I saw this. Um, That's it. And the fact that the share spike, share kind of spiked up, and went already back down. I mean, that probably means the people in the know, the, the main stockholders, you know, know this is bullshit. So let's just entertain this for a bit. Let's see why why this kind of makes sense. Take Two lives off of two things. They live off of Rockstar, and they live off of NBA 2K Dream Team. So Rockstar seems to take eh, about five years to develop a game, and RDR2 just came out. Now, let's say they have staggered development, and whatever, if I had to guess, GTA 6 at earliest, at earliest, maybe could be out 2022. But, you know, it's it's been five years. It, it was five years before between RDR2 and GTA 5, so... You know, GTA 6 could be 2024. That's forever. Like, Jesus, 2024. And outside of Rockstar, you know, we have NBA 2K and to a much, much, much lesser extent WWE. And kind of that's it. That's all they have going for them. You know, the Mafia series never turned into what they wanted. A lot of their other side series really never brought in the money they hoped. And frankly, NBA 2K is starting to get regulated, especially in Europe, because, you know, the Dream Team mode that brings in all the revenue is basically a slot machine. It's like a really, really bad gotcha machine that you kind of just have to pay to win and get the players you want. So Take-Two Interactive finds a new home. Sony, who, from everything I've seen, doesn't seem to have a foreseeable future in cloud gaming really needs something to make gamers buy a very expensive PlayStation 5. And 
you know, with the acquisition of Take-Two Interactive, that reason is GTA 6. But still rumor mill, no sources, stock price went up and crashed again. It's kind of like, eh, all signs point to uh, this was kind of bullshit. I really wonder who this Webbush Securities uh, Joel Kulina is. Damn. <laughs> I mean, if this shit was for real and then that leak canceled it, the SEC could be all over this guy. I don't know. I don't know what happens when, like, how does this even happen? You know, like, rumors like this, talking about board acquisitions, like, isn't there, like, laws against this? Anyways, let's move on. I'm not a lawyer. I barely do anything outside of index ETFs anyways. All right, next up. Google files for two patents ahead of their big GDC reveal. So, gamesindustry.biz had discovered two recent patents filed that may or may not be relation related to the upcoming GDC reveal project stream. The first patent published January 31st, 2019, describes a gamepad that, quote, provides notifications for a game invitation, a chat message, an indication that a user's high score has been beaten, or the like. This includes LED lights and noise chimes. Another highlight of this patent for the gamepad works with, quote, one or more host devices, e.g. a television monitor or a tablet, a smartphone, etc., indicating that Project Stream may work on all available surfaces. So that's pretty generic. Finally, GameIndustry.biz highlights, not me, GameIndustry.biz highlights, quote, if the smartphone is the default host device and the user selects the table, the tablet from the game controller, the tablet may be activated and game launched thereon and displayed on the television. I don't know. That part of the patent was confusing. Whoever wrote that <laughs> needs to be in trouble. Uh, I guess you can just switch visual services mid-play on the controller. That's what that patent quote's coming up. I don't know. Kind of vague. I mean, the patents are just written extremely vague for strategic purposes anyways. The second patent, published February 28th, 2019, backs up the fact that well, Google's been working on a cloud gaming platform. Uh, yeah. I mean, given that Google has already had a public beta test with Project Stream and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the second patent is kind of like nothing more than a confirmation that it is cloud gaming. And I want to remind everyone, a lot of times these companies patent technology that never actually gets utilized in consoles. So I remember there's some crazy PS3 patents for controllers that never came to light. And I also remember a weird Xbox controller at one point that had a patent for like a crazy thin boomerang controller that I always wanted to buy. This technology is kind of like nothing groundbreaking for 2019, speaking of the gamepad stuff. And... You know, an interesting call out ahead of the Tuesday GDC keynote by Google. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. All right. Activision Blizzard forms an expensive Call of Duty league. This is a it's a weird one given the brand, the company, and kind of the state of esports as it is. So you'll have to shell out $25 million if you want to form a Call of Duty league team for your city. And... From everything I can see, this is the most expensive franchise fees in esports history. So, to give perspective, League of Legends costs estimated $10 million per NA LCS team and $13 million for EU LCS team. Okay, Overwatch, which set the previous record, is only at $20 million per team. And as I remember, 
most Overwatch teams weren't even close to breaking even because they also had the stipulation of having like some kind of an arena built for the Overwatch team as well. That's insane. Honestly, it's really insane considering from my perspective, Call of Duty is a fading franchise and frankly doesn't have the most compelling esports modes compared to other FPSs like FPS Esports King Counter-Strike. When you watch Counter-Strike, there's so much more at stake in the kind of like permadeath Counter-Strike rounds. If someone dies in that round, they don't come back. And so the gameplay is way more strategic and kind of like has way more risk reward and way more drama because if you get shot you don't come back and whoever's pretty much left standing at the end wins it's kind of unclear what mode call of duty is going to use and i think that's going to dictate a lot because call of duty's most kind of regular modes are basically deathmatch and team deathmatch and frankly if they use team deathmatch is that really going to be like compelling esports to watch people like kind of just kill each other over and over again and see who has the most kill numbers at the end i don't think so so this this is just all sorts of weird and i wonder who like the nbas are crunching the numbers and really think a call of duty esports league team is worth 25 million dollars that's a rough one we'll have to see how it turns out i've been wrong before i'll just say that all right next up in news facebook launches a game tad blah 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 facebook something about gaming hub who cares like this is like like honestly can gaming ever return to facebook probably not the facebook game tab holds insta games gaming groups videos live streams whatever facebook's really trying to get into games i never see this happening i really think they should just focus on oculus they kind of i guess killed oculus i don't really know what's going on with facebook and gaming in general and also, this is frankly too little too late because there's no reason for, you know, your average mobile gaming addict to ever return to Facebook. So I don't know, you know, like who cares if you can play instant games from Messenger, you know, like on a gaming tab on Facebook. It's just, I don't know, like what, what, are, what are they thinking? What are they hoping to accomplish? Like someone there has to know that this, this isn't going to put Facebook back in the reins of like iOS and Android. So I don't, very weird. Maybe they just had it sitting around and they're just like flip the switch. Let's see what happens. I don't know. All right. Business news. This one's interesting. And if you like money, you want money, keep your ears peeled. <laughs> All right. Forte and Ripple team up, team up to form a hundred million dollar developer fund. The goal of this developer fund is to increase blockchain adoption in games. Forte was founded by Kabam founder Kevin Chu and focuses on adoption of blockchain and technology for games that have over 50,000 DAU or more. Ripple is a transaction and money sending service that actually has a blockchain blockchain initiative called Xspring. So Forte and Xspring are going to team up $100 million dollars pay people to do shit. I'm not a blockchain expert. With that said, this is my personal opinion because I don't know shit. I feel the technology is really too slow to be used real time in games. I mean, if I really have to think about, depending on how they do the ledger and everything, I have to imagine a lot of the hashes have to be pre-computed and then awarded to the player. And then there has to be some kind of like background check by the ledgers to like, 
make sure that the awarding and everything actually went through and was proper. I don't know. I don't see this kind of lighting the world on fire quite yet. I still think, you know, decentralized de-off games could have a future, but $100 million is no joke. If you are halfway interested in blockchain and want funding for a game, I would do whatever you can to get 50,000 DAU as fast as possible and apply to this because I guarantee you not that many people are applying to this and $100 million can only go so many ways. Like, there's probably not even a hundred people with fifty thousand DAU who are gonna apply apply to this blockchain fund. So like go for it. Go for it, everyone. All right. Wargaming and Fraglag team up for an Amazon All-Star game. Uh this is this is bad. Okay, so Amazon desperately wants games to happen and it desperately wants games to use its services. And, well, it's kind of given up on its three game studios that it acquired, so it's willing to pay for the 125-person studio in the Ukraine's Frag Lab to develop it. The new IP, which will be developed with Wargaming, who's, you know, Wargaming's known for, like, World of Tanks, World of Aircrafts, World of Warships, or all those World of, like, War games. The new IP will utilize AWS. That's great. Amazon Game Lift. Eh, in Lumberyard. <laughs> Lumberyard. You you always forget Lumberyard exists, don't you? Um, Amazon kind of really needs a win badly for their games division, even if it doesn't come within Amazon. Like I said, they have three game studios. Nothing's appeared out of those three game studios. They canceled their only game in Alpha, which was this weird-ass, like, I think it was 3v3, like, fantasy basketball game i don't it was weird you can watch footage of it online it was so boring they canceled in alpha so i mean it kind of just makes sense you know maybe amazon just isn't like the corporate structure for creativity to exist who knows who knows (laughs) private equity company supernova capital i've said their name a lot on here supernova capital outright acquires flying wild hog so Flying Wild Hog, known for rebooting the Shadow Warrior series and is home to 180 staff members across three studios in Poland. They have been acquired by Supernova Capital. The CEO of Flying Wild Hog gave some comments on how great it is to be acquired by a PE firm, aka he got paid. And so we can probably expect a little out of Flying Wild Hog as they'll likely to be saddled with debt and then have to pay an outrageous management fee to their new overlord. So... If you guys uh, want to see why I'm so negative on PE firms, just go back to the Toys R Us uh, going out of business episode a while back, and I'll break it. I broke it down in there. Um, contract studio Blind Squirrel secures five million dollars for their first self-published game. This is always great. So the studio has had its hands in titles such as The Sims 4, Prey, XCOM 2, Mafia 3, and Bioshock: The Collection is finally making the game for themselves. Blind Squirrel secured funding to work on a free-to-play 5v5 hero shooter for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Good for you guys, you know. Said it many a times. I think I said it like two weeks ago. You're making the dream turn for every contract dev shop. Every contract studio wants to make their own games, and they hope that they like can have an a team working on their own game while the B and C team kind of make money for the studio and then they pop out this hero game and then everyone can drop everything and you know psionics is still to my knowledge the kind of most recent hero of the story 
My only issue is hero shooters aren't exactly primed to make a comeback after genre kingpin Overwatch fell to PUBG, Fortnite, and Apex Legends. But let's hope something special can come out for Blind Squirrel. We'll keep an eye on it. All right, wrapping this up. Kind of a, a weird news for the week. Jade Raymond of Ubisoft and EA fame joins Google as a VP. So, the former founder of Ubisoft Toronto and EA Motive and producer slash executive producer slash executive all around on several games such as Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs joins Google as a VP. The weird part is it's unclear or unannounced what Jade Raymond's role will be. Maybe something will happen uh, Tuesday at Google's keynote. I don't know. You know, kind of weird. She's basically known for running development. Um, So Google, you know, maybe they're going to announce a development studio. A la Amazon has three development studios. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'll keep you guys updated. And that's it. Pretty simple. Lots of rumors, lots of speculations, lots of stuff in the air. Come back next week. We'll have all the GDC breakdown, all the GDC goodness, the keynotes, this and that, people announcing tools, everything the game industry loves. GDC week. It's here, guys. I'll see you guys next week. That's it for this week in games. I'm Merritt McConnell. Take care. Bye.